Coming into stillness, witness the movement of the breath. Is the breath shallow? Is it short? Release the tension from your shoulders, bring them back and down. Breathe at your natural rhythm while you come to the present moment. Just let go a little bit and take a breath for yourself as we settle in. Today we're going to be talking about Zen and what that looks like. But first I wanted to define where Zen comes from and the difference it has in Buddhism. Oftentimes Zen gets assumed to be Buddhist and there is some truth in that, but Tibetan Buddhism and its Japanese counterpart, Zen, are like different branches that belong to the same tree. They are different, but they share the fundamental and integral values that um, make the tree a profoundly coherent religion. And Buddhism, if I were to summarize, um, as I am um, Buddhist myself, if I were to summarize, it would be um, when Buddha finally achieved enlightenment and found the paths to enlightenment, uh, which he called the Four Noble Paths. Um, the first is the truth of the world and its pain and sufferings. The second being, um, it is so because everything in this world exists only in relation with other elements. Nothing is absolute nor permanent. Um, three, the only way to become completely and permanently free from pain and to achieve eternal peace is to give up any kind of desires, greed, attachment, negative emotions, or ignorance as they are the source of pain. And four, in order to become completely and permanently free of any kind of pain, you need to pursue the eightfold path, which is always to maintain the right view, right resolve, right speech, um, right conduct, right livelihood, right effort, right mindfulness, and right samadhi, which is meditation absorption or union. And Zen is a Japanese school of Mayana Buddhism, emphasizing, emphasizing the value of meditation and intuition. So this is why I say um, the two are like branches from the same tree. So now that we have a little more understanding of what Zen means, uh, we're going to look at it a little bit closer. I know for me personally, I, I always have to have a clean home. <laughs> it seems that I can tell really well how I'm doing mentally if my house is cleaner, if it's a mess. And it, it's true, our living areas reflect our mental and emotional state. And for me to physically stay Zen, I need to have a feng shui to my apartment and you can look up so many different ways on Pinterest or YouTube and how to create that safe space that makes you feel peaceful in your home because we all need that space and it is really important to have a safe space that's just for you where you do self-care things. Some of you may know uh, this already, but for those of you that don't, I do identify as Buddhist. Um, I became a member after... Um, taking a four-month-long training, I guess it was, um, into the Buddhist faith. I did a lot of meditating and studying the Dhammapada, 
which is like the Bible of Buddhism, lots of writing and journaling. It was like a class at the Buddhist temple downtown Grand Rapids. Um, I eventually graduated and I received my Buddhist name. My Buddhist name is Cha Su, which means the cultivation of loving kindness. Buddhist names are always a dialectic. Um, a dialectic is two opposing things that can be true at the same time. So, for example, loving kindness is something I struggle with and loving kindness is something I'm really good at. It. So two opposing things that are true at the same time. Dialectic. Buddhist name. So I do a lot of things and have a lot of spiritual beliefs that are from my religion, uh, but I also take things from other religions that I like as well, because in my eyes, there are so many stories and beliefs out there that one certainly doesn't fit all. And religion itself is a lot like Buddhism and Zen Buddhism, where they're different branches, but to belong to the same tree. All religions share a core value of beliefs of just being a decent human being. Um, I don't get lost in religious details in stories unless it resonates with for truth for me. I think that's really the way it should be. So no one feels excluded from community because they believe things a little bit differently. And looking closer into Zen and Buddhism, there is a shared belief that the pain you create now is always some form of non-acceptance, some form of unconscious resistance to what is. Some examples of that, um, my fiance's car actually stopped running recently and he has to use my car to get to work. And my best friend Sarah's so kindly um, agreed to be taking me to work for these next few days. Um, and it's inconvenient and I don't like inconvenient. Um, it's so uncomfortable with me. But I never wish it another way because like we learned in our first episode, everything helps everything. So it really makes me have no filter on what is bad or what is good. Everything just is because I fully believe that everything does help everything. And it doesn't mean I have to like what's going on. That would be phony. Why would I, why would I try to like something that I don't? Oftentimes people do that when they're trying to accept something so that you can feel better about it and then get mad when you're not over it. Like, okay, okay, I accepted this. I accept this. Is it still here? You look around. Uh, you don't have to like it. It just is. And it's okay. But you don't have to like it. So learning how to disidentify with your mind um ego is telling you always when this happens, then I'll be happy. When I get more money, when I get that new car, when I lose that weight, when I break that addiction, just three more days until XYZ happens and we do countdowns and things like that. And all of that is putting yourself in a statement of lack. All of those things are statements of lack, meaning you're constantly lacking and therefore can never be satisfied or happy. And what this is, is this is ego awake within you because only the ego lives in a state of lack. You don't. Your ego does. And he comes around from time to time, peeks his head out. And But in Zen, we don't have to have him in control of us and we can find that satisfaction we were looking for, but just in the wrong place. The egoic mind 
lies to you and keeps you in the future or in the past to keep you from the present moment. In the present moment, the ego cannot exist. And that's why he stays out of the present. Um, the right resource will be there when you need it or not, because before and after, it's not why you can... The right resource will be there when you need it, not before and not after. That's why you can always cope with the now because it's not a future, it's not in the past. One of my favorite quotes is, the secret of life is to die before you die and find that there is no death. And I think there's some truth to that in my journey of spirituality and Buddhism and We'll talk more on what that means, you know, moving forward. I think that that's a pretty big statement to just drop in there and not talk about it, but we'll get to it. Um, one of the ways we build this state of living in the present moment is meditation. Buddhist and in Zen meditation is part of people's everyday routine. I meditate for 30 minutes at a time, sometimes with mantras, sometimes silent others with affirmations or little prayers. But the point is doing it enough every day that it will begin to change the makeup of your brain on a molecular level. You'll be more patient, happier, less anxious, and more present. The happiest state. Thich Nhat Hanh, one of my favorite um, monks who actually recently just passed away, sadly, he wrote, um, or he said, under the influence of awareness, you can become more attentive, understanding, and loving. And your presence not only nourishes you and makes you lovelier, it enhances them as well. Our entire society can be changed by one person's peaceful presence. And I really believe that to be true. I mean, how we, how powerful we are with our state of presence is... We're so constantly mixed up in a state of unworthiness, I feel like, as a society. And, like, we don't believe in our personal power. But through my experiences and my beliefs is directly paralleled to um, the entire society can be changed by one person's peaceful presence. It's so powerful, I think. And I love that. And I love energy. I'm, I'm a Reiki practitioner. And what we do in Reiki is we transfer healing energy to others um, another's body using through the sh seven chakras. Um, we open them up to promote healing. And it also tells you a lot about what you may be dealing with on a personal level level. And it's really informative. So I, I believe in energy and that there's a whole network of waves and lines that energy radiates through to give us subconscious reactions to things or an intuition on things. I have a special ability with my intuition, like a lot of light workers um, here do, uh, where I'm I'm an empath and I can literally feel the emotions of others. So when someone tells me a story or a situation, I can feel when they're lying <laughs> because I absorb their feelings through their experience. I already know how they're feeling without them telling me. I just ask to be socially polite. I ever have it when someone tells you, like, yeah, I'm fine. You're like, no, you're not. <laughs> You just got to ask anyway, but I, I know how you're doing. Um, but we all have that intuition to some degree. We all have it. And that intuition, that knowing is one of the main components of Zen. 
meditation and intuition is Zen. So always believe what your body is telling you. And once you begin to meditate more, you'll become more aware of your body and the world around you. So your intuition will be strong. And when I say listen to your body, I'm talking about your gut. Everyone is familiar with the the saying, go with your gut. And that couldn't be more true. Your intuition will literally tell you and guide you to the exact moment that you're in right now. And when everything helps everything, you're actually using your intuition perfectly because if it could have happened another way, it would have. So to tie in a few episodes together, that is a fresh take on Zen and a little bit of Buddhism and some of my um, experience, strength, and hope in my religion as well. Uh, thanks for talking with me about Zen and Buddhism today. I love talking about this stuff. And next week I will be starting an eight-episode series where we will dive deep into the meaning, the meaning of living looking at what it is to be human and how to live a life free from suffering. I can't wait to start this soul journey with you guys and to be a part of your healing and growing. Thank you for showing up for yourselves today and also for being with me. I'll talk to you guys next week. Namaste.